Hi there and welcome to another edition of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast, the independent podcast which is brought to you by Fans for Fans where the content is free. It is episode 162 of the flagship weekly show. I'm your host tonight, Colin Armstrong. Uh, we'll be looking at the Hearts game today, obviously a big win today at Tynecastle. Uh, so we'll be looking at that. As I say every week guys, it's not just the uh, the pod that we have here at Jersnet. We've got the forums on the website, uh, articles, match previews, all that kind of stuff. There's a history archive on there as well. So get yourself on there uh, if you can. If you like what we do here at Jersnet, we would ask you to subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're approaching 5,000 subscribers. I think we're about 30 or 40 away at the moment. So it'd be good to get to the 5,000 mark sometime soon. Uh, I've got two uh, two two guests that were pretty much in from day one uh, of, of the Jersnet podcast and two two of my fellow members of the Jersnet Pollock Supporters Club. Uh, we, we, we both took in a game earlier on this season. Uh, John, I'll bring you in first. How are you? How's your weekend going? It's okay. It's been improved today. I was saying to people earlier, I was I got my booster on Friday, so I wasn't feeling great Friday night. wasn't feeling great Saturday, but feeling better today. Uh, uh, strangers winning always helps. Cures oh, all known small ailments. Um, <laughs> puts a smile on everyone's face. So, yeah, I can't complain. Uh, can't complain. Weather's rotten. Sorting stuff for Christmas. Rangers win. That's fine. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I went for my, my booster on Friday. Uh, I'd missed it last week. I'd forgot all about it and I'd missed it. So I rescheduled. And the queue was, honestly, God, it was like Sucky Hall Street on a Saturday in the 80s. It was just mental. How so long I did just, you wait? I didn't. I, 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 I was speaking to someone and they said it was like an hour, over an hour that folk were waiting. And I was just like. Yeah, I was 45 oh, minutes. No, I, I, mean, I had a, no, a book and I was 45 minutes. But what are you going to do? Uh, no, well, I, I'll try and book it. Well, I had a booking, that's the thing, but they were just they were just mixing it, you know what I mean? I it was just the queue and that was it. So I'll try and book it. I've, I've been hearing folks saying that if you go through the day, it's not as quiet. This was sort of Friday tea time. So obviously loads of people maybe finishing for work and stuff like that. So I'll try and book it another time uh, and, and get it sorted because, yeah, because it's on the off again and it's maybe something we'll touch on towards the end of the uh, show. I think we might have to. Time. Yeah, because... Well, I, think, uh, I, I think it's probably just worth, just, you know, I think because David's on, it's probably worth just pointing out that you and I, of course... I'm actually Pollock supporters. You know, we were uh, we were blow-ins. We were simply <laughs> glory hunters. Um, That's all. I've our, got an affiliation with Pollock. Your selections aren't uh, competing at that kind of level, are they? Let's be honest. So, um, I think that's only fair that, that uh, we point that out and let David, you know, bask in the glory that is, um, you know, what second Daniels place still is that still second place in, in in that league. I think they are. Aye, still second, John. Yeah, Were you there yesterday, David? I was indeed, Colin. I, I was indeed. Um, yeah, another showing of uh, undeniable uh, Wally Collin uh, type <laughs> refereeing from yeah, another junior referee. Whether he was fast tracked or not, I just I don't know. Probably two men sent off, and aye, you know, you, you guys have been over the course before. You you know the story about junior football, so. No shocks there, but aye, they went six nothing so high, and then Rangers win the day, which is obviously takes takes um, the priority over over Pollock. So all was good. All good, all good. Right, guys. Well, we'll get straight in about it. We'll get straight in about the Hearts game today. I mean, uh, John, I'll come back to you. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, we've, we've spoke a few times on, on the show and, and the sort of build up to December and sort of during it that big big month. You know, a, a few tricky fixtures on there, heavy fixture list. Quite lucky that the game on Thursday was a bit of a dead rubber, you know, we could rest players. But that, I mean, I felt today, I, speaking yesterday with, with Alex on the, on the pod, and he was sort of saying, you know, that, that new manager bounce has, uh, has finished now. It was time to make a statement. And it felt like that today, you know, a really, really a good win and a, and a tricky venue and a venue that we've not always enjoyed, you know, the most success in. So it did, it felt like a bit of a statement today. Yeah. I, I thought... I was a bit nervous, but today, I mean, I know, I know Thursday wasn't the uh, necessarily the uh, the toughest away European match we'll, we've uh, taken part in this year. But we still had to travel to it. Stays have still got to put in ninety minutes, um, and you got to come back for a lunchtime kickoff on a Sunday. I still think there's an element of disruption to your planning for that, um, which I don't think is ideal. So uh, I have to say, I was very pleased with uh, how they set about them. Um, how they, they, they went about the game and what was a tricky match uh, you know full time castle can be an intimidating place for some players 
Um, I thought we were excellent. You know, I mean, I was especially when we can't play in front of crowds. You know, that's the accusation. We're, we're well, we're playing in front of crowds. Yeah, this is it. I, I thought, uh, you know, I think Hearts are having a good season. Um, they're, uh, I think they were unbeaten at home uh, before today. Uh, I, I, you know, I, Hearts had their moments, and I think you have to expect that. I think you need to say, yeah, the Hearts will, you know, away from home, they're always going to create a couple of chances. You know, it's about all living players in the park. Um, and uh, I, I was I was delighted with with uh, with the result, and and actually very pleased with the performance. Um, yeah, there was bits you can still improve, but overall, I thought we you know, the best team won. Yeah, wouldn't disagree with that. And I mean, there's there's a lot of, a lot of chat about the amount, the amount of chances Hearts had, and I was looking at the the stats and like they did more of the possession, they had more they had more shots eh, on goal and all that kind of thing. But I think you're right. I think we controlled the game largely and, and did look, especially once we went 2-0 up, it was a case of sort of sitting back and, and, and trying to hit them on the counter, which we'll see. We'll go into more detail a wee bit that uh, further down. David, want to speak to you about the start of 11. I mean, after Thursday night, I, I thought I thought Gio was giving us a wee hint as to how he might set up. I thought with Lundstrom being in there, that you know, he was maybe going to go with the, the, the two sitting midfielders. I thought the team largely picked itself. I thought the only two positions I wasn't sure about, I thought... Will he go with Hadji or will he go with Arfield? Will he go with Lundstrom or will he go with Davis? Well, with the latter two, he didn't go with any. I don't think anyone's seen that. No Davis or Lundstrom. You know, Sakala coming in, that was a bit of a surprise. But I don't know how you felt, but it made me feel like Gio fancies us. He's, he's going to go for us. You know what I mean? It felt like quite an attacking sort of uh, starting 11. I think you've always got a chance uh, in a game when you get pace. Look, we've got up front, Colin. Um, in the middle of the park, I've got to be honest, um, I know he doesn't necessarily play in the, the engine room, so to speak, but I was glad that Hadji wasn't, wasn't involved, uh, certainly in that first half, because, honest, Hadji, I mean, I really him as a player, he's, he's technically he's very gifted, um, but uh, he's very enigmatic, you know, sometimes look, he can look a little bit, and then there's other times he, look, he looks as if he's just been introduced to a ball, and the f- kind of frenetic, you know, uh, Typical Tynecastle atmosphere type park. Um, Robbie Nielsen having them fired up, you know, he's closing down early. I, th- I think that, you know, Hadji would, would possibly be overwhelmed and swamped in his current form. That is, I've got to, I've got to caveat what I'm saying by stating that. Um, but aye, they, they, they looked as though they meant business. Um, I like the fact that Scott Arfield's back in the side. I know, yeah. I know he's maybe not 100% match sharp, but you know what you're going to get for Scott Arfield. Um, John Lundstrom, uh, you know, we've, we've, we've spoke about John Lundstrom before in that pod, and, you know, he's, he's yet to kind of show the type of form that we thought we were going to get when he, when he came in at first. But, I mean, he's not been, he's, he's not been poor by any manner of means, but he's, he's not exactly set the header right. Like. So, um, but opening minutes, obviously, uh, to be 2 nothing up inside quarter an hour, it's, it's, the manager was vindicated. He's, his team selection, although Hearts could have went in front before we scored, but aye, I thought the um, I thought that he certainly set his stall out, um, and I think we're starting to see how he wants to play. As Alex obviously mentioned there, um, off here, that you know you're, you're starting to see how he wants to, to shape the team, and especially how he's deploying Glenn Kamara. I mean, that's I think that maybe shows how he might move in the, in the transfer market. I could be right at the but but that's that's what I, th- I think might be happening. John, in, in terms of you know what, what David's saying there, you know we got the two balls. I think we were two and a half up with sort of eighteen minutes or something like that. But Harps did have that, you know, the first sort of five, six, seven minutes where, where they came at us, and and Robbie Nielsen was speaking yesterday saying. Uh, or maybe it was Friday. I was saying in his press conference, he, he really fancied Hearts today, and they're undefeated at, at Tynecastle. You know that's the first uh, first defeat that's been inflicted on them this season. First time they've, they've they've been behind in a game at Tynecastle this season, and it felt like I mean I went in when I seen the lineup. I was like, oh, you know that way you get all up front. And you're like, yes, come on. You know what I mean? And then within five minutes, I was like, oh, actually, you know, what I mean? <laughs> this is maybe going to be a wee bit nerve-wracking uh, than I thought. And I mean, McGregor had to pull off the save. I think boys could have, should have scored that. I think if he'd connected with it properly, McGregor was too far off. But there was that feeling in the first five, ten minutes. So actually, we're in a game here. I, but yeah, it, it's hard to wait. You know, yeah. hard to have a decent season at Tynecastle. Of course, you're in a game. You know, I don't. 
I don't think we should be surprised at that, that, you know, Hearts, you know, took the game too. That's particularly the way their season's been going. You know, Hearts went into that game with nothing to lose. You know, and I, I, Hearts go into these kind of games, perhaps later in the season, uh, you know, if there's, you know, the chance of going to miss out in Europe or, or, or something like that, they might come in and think, right, we'll play for a point. They came thinking, you know what, we can get a win today. And that's great. You know, that, that's what made it a decent spectacle. So it made it a half-decent game of football to watch. Um, so I, I don't have any concerns over the fact that Hearts came out and had a go at us. And, and it, you know, I think we, we expected that. I thought the boys' chance, um, I agree you should have scored it, but I think that maybe takes a little away from McGregor from what was, um, you know, quite the acrobatic save. Um, you know, to get his, his, I don't know, I mean, what was his, when he, full leap, what was he, seven foot off the ground, his hand when he touched that ball? I mean, it was a ridiculous save. Um, and to have managed that save, to have knocked that ball like that, uh, I, you know, I was very, very impressed with that. But, you know, it was a ball over the top. Um, it was mm, slack, slack defending. Um, but I felt they kind of learned from that. You know, the Hearts didn't, didn't manage that again. Um, you know, all our other attacks were, you know, had to come from different ways. Um, you know, the defence, that happened that once, it didn't happen again. So, so you know, I'm a bit slack at the start. But, you know, Hearts, Hearts are going to come and have a go. You know, that's you got to expect that. Um, in fact, you've got to welcome it. Uh, yeah, that's the whole point of, of you know going to these grounds is that these teams come and have a go at you and you go toe to toe and ultimately he picked the right team. You know, ultimately, um, you know, we took our chances and they didn't, um, and and that's why we are the champions. And well, to be fair, they're the champions as well, but of a different division. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, uh, you know, I don't blame their manager for. Uh, I didn't actually know the manager had been at Rangers. I just discovered that today. I um, uh, as a boy, yeah, that's I, right. I, I didn't know that. I, I feel I should I should point out when it comes to Robbie Nielsen that uh, like well, my wife was was sitting in the living room today and the, the early exchanges of the game, which is always a pleasure, you know, when you're stressed out and you're watching the football to have your wife sitting there asking questions and you know it, it always makes it a, a more enjoyable uh, spectacle. But <laughs> she pointed out when Robbie Nielsen came on the camera, she's like, "What is his hair all about?" And I was like, "You know, what, fair play." <laughs> That barnet is a shocker. No, I mean, fair enough. If, I mean, you know, Barry McKay's getting a bit of stick for his hair, but, you know, he's about 25, 26 or whatever. Yeah. I think Robbie Nielsen needs, uh, needs to realise that the days are gone, I think. Uh, aye, so that was, that was my wife's con- contribution to, to the game today. And Anyone's hair like, she did like, Colin? Uh, I, I, no, no, she just, she no. just sort of commented on uh, Nielsen saying, what is that barnet all about? No, yeah, I just assume that Nielsen's rubbing it in with the, the two assistants, with Naismith and whoever his other assistant is, or, you know... Follically challenged, shall we say? I just assume he does. Nielsen has a wee bit as well. I'm going to be a while in the shower. I think Nielsen's a bit. I think he's covering up a few patches there. I must admit, but anyway, that was was a metaphor for hearts all over. But anyway, (laughs) gaps in the defence. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, uh, aye, that was her And I was sitting there with my mug of Thompsons at the time too. So, aye, that was all down to you. Uh, right, David, on to the opening goal. And, you know, as I said, we sort of weathered that that early storm. We had a couple of chances, that's safe for McGregor. But we settled down and, uh, you know, I felt Kent's involvement was really good. I thought he played really well today. I thought he was he was on it today. You know, puts the, the ball across. Sakala, his involvement key. Great finish for Morelos. I mean, I'm, I'm sure Twitter will be awash with. Kent was offside, Hun referee, Mason's conspiracy, but I don't think it was. I think it was a great goal. And and, and it's good to, one, you know, the, everyone's involvement in it, Kent, Sakala, but Sakala especially because he's had a, a fairly slow start to his Rangers career. And I thought he had, he, he didn't have a perfect game today, but he had some moments and, he, and his involvement in that goal was key. Uh, good goal, Cole. Um, as you see, Ryan Kent's looking like the player that we know he can be. Um Cast my mind back to Easter Road when he looked at it. I said to my brother after the game that his performance back then looked as if he, his head might have been turned. Uh, I don't know where I'm getting that from. Just you know, maybe falling for the, the press speculation nonsense as usual. But today, you know, if he has, if his head has been turned, he certainly didn't let it, let it affect his game today. He played really, really well. Um, Sakala again, uh, you know, he's endeavour. He's he's got the right attitude. He wants the ball, he, he's, he's turned a pace over five yards, it's exceptional. And he, he turned a, a, the wee fella Devlin, um, I'll show him a clean pair of heels in the box, Devlin couldn't touch him and then obviously he's a presence of mind to cut the ball back for Alfie. Great finish. And he, I heard all the naysayers that say that it was, Ken was, was offside, I think the, the TV 
pictures showed uh, that that wasn't the case that Craig Halkett was at least in line if not actually towards his own goal line further than, than Brian Kent was so and he did well he actually avoided because his old uh, the old Niagara's kind of taking a, a sore <laughs> flick had he not got up for higher but uh, no a good finish and it set the scene because it kind of took a wee bit of the wind out of Hearts' sails uh, or Hearts' sail I should say and uh, I, the, the, next, the next five minutes was obviously key to the outcome of the game. Um, and I, I've seen it Stuart off air. I, I thought, you know, it was passes of a play today that were, you know, Rangers could show that they can be a, a very incisive team. And the two moves, um, well, certainly talking about the first goal, the, the move was, was very, very good. Obviously, the flight, the, the cross was just a wee bit too high for Alfie, or he may have just, you know, he may have stuck the header in, but at least. Um, Sakala, I know there was there was a bit of um, criticism fast the right word, but there, there was a comment about maybe he should have been anticipating that ball going over the top of Morelos and should have been closer in and had a chance earlier. But at least he reacted and he, he took the player on and he, he managed to, to create an assist, as you, you know the stats guys like to, to call him these days. So I more power to him. and um, I just like his infectious enthusiasm. I'd, I'd like to see the... I'd like to see him score a, you know, an important winner. You know, I know he had a good game at, at Fir Park, and but I'd like to see him score a big goal. Uh, but hopefully that's that's the road, come. That's to come. That's to come. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, John, David sort of highlighted him what we sort of talk on next. You know, he was he was saying there that it looked uh, at one point like Morales' head had been turned. It certainly looked like his, his heart wasn't in it anymore. I think that performance against Hibs in the, the semi-final was, it could actually be the worst performance I think I've seen from Morelos in the Rangers jersey. He just looked so disinterested. But that goal today, that's his fourth goal since since Gio arrived. I think there's a visible improvement in his movement, not not just his goal scoring, and his movement and his general all-round sort of link-up play and stuff like that. And it seems like whatever the issue was, that Gio coming in has solved that and we're starting to see the best of him again. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Morelos is a, a I mean, I, I don't know, obviously. You know, he, he comes across as, as a, 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 a kind of moody guy. You yeah. know, I mean, you, you know, I know, and I think there's an element of the, the kind of pitted lip and constantly angry in the pitch that's probably not actually true to his personality. When you see him in training and things, there seems to be a lot of laughing and joking. And, you know, he seems to be quite a, a an effervescent character. There does seem to be, you know, he's a, he's a lot of life there. Um, but... For whatever reason, he was—he didn't have a great start to the season. Um, you know, we can all speculate on on what those reasons are, but he didn't have a great start to the season. Possibly didn't end last season particularly well either. But he had a spell last season when he was just fantastic, and I kind of feel he's he's getting into that again. And it's actually maybe coming around the same time, um, same time of the year, an important time of the year. Um, and if he can keep that form up, he's, he's the best striker in the league. Um, you know, when, when he's playing, when he's on it, and he is just now, he's the best striker in the league. No one can touch him. Um, you have to give credit to the, the, the management team um, who've come in and very quickly been able to, you know, whatever, point out his flaws or play to his strengths or, you know, whatever it was. Um, I remember Van Bronckhorst after the, I think it was, I think it was after the cup final, after the cup semi-final, sorry. Um, and maybe, or maybe just after his first game in charge, and, and he asked about Morelos, and he said something like, um, "I like my strikers to be between the posts." Yeah, and I thought that was quite an interesting comment. Um, uh, now, ironically, you know, Morelos did a lot of of work, and um, you know, in his own box today at times, he was actually, you know, he was quite prominent defending corners and set pieces. Um, you know, but he did come deep at times. You know, he 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 can come. He can hold the ball up. He can take the ball when he's back to goal, um, which is something Roof isn't great at. You know, Roof couldn't do that the other night. Um, you know, Morels can do it, and um, so you know he's not just playing as an out and out striker in that way, but he is most certainly being played as 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 the main striker. Um, you know, as the guy everything's going to revolve around, and and you know maybe it's just a confidence thing. You know, footballers are funny people. Um, maybe it's just a confidence thing. Maybe just the new guys coming in. You know, we believe in you, whatever. Just got him going again. Or maybe he's just scared for his space. You know, maybe he just thinks, you know, what's yeah. chance I'm not going to get a game here, so I better butt my ideas up. Could be as simple as that. 
that, that, that kind of leads into something I've, I've I've said to a couple of times in the pod is I, I do want I mean and I mean I'm starting to forgive Stevie G right the 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 the, the initial anger and actual hatred I had at one point is starting to mellow and I always forgive them right anyone that lets us down I always eventually come round and and I, I, I'm starting to feel that with Stevie G and I'm starting to appreciate everything that he done for us right. But one thing I do think he was maybe guilty of is I think he, he, he let Alfie away with too much at times. And I do wonder if a new face coming in, you know, new management team and all the rest of it, has made him think, you know what, I might not get away with this anymore. I need to, I need to up my game a bit here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, as I said, football, how often have you seen the same group of players who have been underperforming, have been losing, who get their manager the sack, a new manager comes in and that same group of players are suddenly transformed and they're playing entirely differently. Look at Aston Villa. You know, I mean, you, you think, why is that? And and because so much of it is, so much of professional football at that level is is mental, is is about controlling the, 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 the heads of these guys. You know, the, their ability isn't in question. It's their, their capacity to take on instruction and to carry it through and, and maybe that just Morales just needed to hear another voice he just needed to hear someone else tell him what to do that he'd got you know after a while maybe you don't you don't hear um, the, the same instructions anymore they just are kind of falling on deaf ground I, I don't know you and I spoke about this a while ago and there's no point in kind of going over it again but clearly something wasn't right before you know I, I, we may never know it may come out at some point but clearly something wasn't right Colin I mean you know, we weren't playing particularly well. Um, our defensive, you know, that iron curtain we had last year was being pierced at will. Um, players were off form. Kent was off form. Morelos was off form. Even Kamara wasn't playing particularly well. Um, you know, guys who who were the mainstay of that side last season just just were, so whatever was going on at the club, and maybe the maybe the players all knew that that you know the management team were off. You know, maybe the, maybe maybe this was an open secret inside the club, and um, this unsettled some of them. And and now that you know we've come, we've got a good manager in place. You know, we've been bringing in guys like Roy McKay. You got to assume that. All the forwards at the club are at least thinking, well, you know, at least this guy knows what he's talking about. This yeah. guy's played at the absolute top level. Um, so so it's maybe just a response to that, um, Colin. And, and, you know, whatever it is, I'm delighted because he's such an important player for us. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, a, 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 you know, an improvement. I mean, it started that first night against, you know, uh, Sparta Prague. You know, we got the two goals that night. And I think since then, it's not just the goals, as I say, it's his general all-round, his running, mobility, link-up play. I think everyone's improved. David, on to the second goal, uh, and, and something that, again, that we saw a, a lot of last season, no so much this season, uh, and there was sort of talk about it on, uh, you know, on Chris Boyd and that today during the analysis that, you know, it wasn't just a hump up the park. I mean, going, you, it is okay, it's acceptable to go direct. If you know you can you can find a player with a long-range pass, and he tried it before, and, and it just a wee bit far, it just sort of missed Aribo the first time. The second time, he got his range right, the touch from Aribo to, to pull it down out of the sky was absolutely sublime. Uh, and then the finish. And, and at that point, I, I thought, We're, we are absolutely going to steamroll this more. This is going to be one of the best days ever, you know what I mean? But obviously that never happened. But that goal in itself was just a thing of beauty, really. Aye, definitely, Con. Definitely. I think an honest credit is going to go to Conor Golson. Um, you're talking about guys that have, have seemed to have upped their game since the new managers came in, I think Conor Goldson is definitely one of them. Um, for whatever reason, he's certainly he's looking um, back to something like we know how Conor Goldson can play. I mean, in the way you would, you would judge that is take Conor Goldson out of that team and imagine Bassey there with, with Balogun or, or Bassey and somebody else and uh, I think we'd still be shutting the the goals that, that John Ali mentioned there in his, his previous answer. Um Aye, tremendous pass, um, dare I say it, butcheresque. Um, the way he kind of um, threaded the, the eye of a needle. Uh, and we know Joe Aribo's a footballer, um, we know that. We've, we've seen enough of them in our time to recognise talent when we see it. Um, and he pulls, as you say, pulls the ball down out there. But for me, um, I thought the finish was the best part of the, the move. I know that was maybe a bit self-evident, but the way... He took um, he took Craig Gordon out of the picture entirely. The finish is, is, is 
you know, very, very good. And uh, like you, I thought we were going to go, go on and destroy them. Um, that's, I've seen it Stuart before we come on here. I don't want to be hypercritical and too pernickety because before I've always kicked, if you'd have said to me, would you take to nothing today? Of course I would have taken it. But that period just after we scored the second goal, I thought we could have went on and really, really um, put hearts to the sword and, and finished them. Um, we didn't do that for whatever reason. Um, but undoubtedly that goal was excellent. It looks... It's, you know, it's good to see something coming off, especially when somebody's when somebody tries it. You know, like a couple of minutes beforehand, and yeah. the ball's just maybe a wee bit, of, you know, too much weight in it, or maybe the run is just a fraction too late, and it makes the, the player that's releasing the ball look silly. That type of thing, but it came off perfectly, and and Joe's finish was was excellent and um, fair play. I mean, to, for whatever reason, we've no seem to have clicked um, as a team. Um, some individuals on the side haven't been hitting the heights that they hit last season but I think it's fair to say that Joe Aribo has been our most consistent player this season um, as he carried us going forward he could make a case for that he certainly created chances for other players he scored important goals um, and I just hope that he can continue um, Stuart again I've mentioned that I, I couldn't have said off here but um, Stuart had, had mentioned did, did you just have made, a separate pod off here before we came on <laughs> Uh, he was mentioning there that he hopes that you know, we, we don't ask too much of you because I mean you cast your mind back a few games ago and it was it was very predictable the way we were playing um, you know always looking for Joe basically the onus was in Joe to break teams down in the final third uh, and I just hope that we take the, the, the weight off him obviously Ryan, Ryan Kent coming back and Ryan Kent is coming back to form more importantly can you know, load balance, Joe. So, all's, all's good uh, in that front. So, uh, more of the same, please, Joe. John, on Aribo, you know, that, again, I think David's sort of on the money there. I mean, his form this season has been fantastic. I must admit, any time I see him in that sort of middle three rather than, I kind of prefer him on the, on the right, cutting in on the left. I think that's where he does his best work. I, I'm always a wee bit... When, he, when he's in that midfield I'm always a bit oh, I, I, I don't not so much I don't like him there I just prefer him up front but but today and, and, and it's maybe the, you know the fact that we tried it before you know the fact that uh, Golson tried that ball before it shows you something that, that Gio's trying to do you know because we've seen it we've seen it twice today it, it worked once and we've seen it at, at Livingston when, when Tavernier sort of went direct for our field you know so with Gio saying that he wants his wingers to pull wide, he's obviously he's not asking the fullbacks to push up so much. He's wanting his wingers to be wide. You know, if if a, uh, sorry, if Morelos drops a wee bit and pulls the centre halves out, there is that space for the lights of Arfield and Aribo to run into. So the, the, it feels that it's deliberate. It's, it's not by chance. This this is something that Gio's definitely trying to work on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there, there teams have. Teams are, are trying to, there's terminology these days which I still can't quite come to use, but I think they, they call it the press. You know, teams are pushing up to try and squeeze the space because they know otherwise we can pass our way through them. Um, and, and, you know, Gerard's first, first couple of, of uh, seasons, you know, we were we were able to pass our way through teams much more easily. And and, and in recent, um, kind of last six months or last year and, and, and most of the season, teams have, have tried to take that space and left themselves open for, you know, in behind, for that ball in behind, because they don't think Rangers will play that ball. And this season we've introduced it, and I think it's been fairly successful. And I think you want to be in a position where teams don't know. You know, uh, ideally you want play, they want their defence unsure. You know, do, are they going to knock it over the top of us, or uh, are they going to try and pass it through us, um, come at us wide or come through the middle? And I think that's what Van Bronckhurst wants. I think under Gerard towards the end, we were a wee bit predictable. You know, it was all down to the full-backs, it was all down to the fullbacks coming up, coming up them down the wing. You know, the number of times, um, you know, Tav and uh, Barisic were expected to, to, to create the chances. And uh, we don't see we're playing that way just now. And I think that's quite important uh, because I, I think that gives us more options and it makes it harder to, for teams to figure out, you know, just where it's going to come from. Um, but in terms of um, the, the Aribo's contribution, which I think is actually what you... You asked me about it the, at the start of the question. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was, I, was, I, I did realise. Meandered that. off in a whole other direction. <laughs> but in terms of Aribo's contribution, 
uh, uh, honor Evo, you know, if he keeps us going, you know, one of the questions I got asked by a drunk Celtic fan in a train coming back to the, uh, the European game a couple of weeks ago uh, was who do you think Gerard will take going to Aston Villa? And you would have to say at the moment, you know, Rebo would could be possibly one of them. You know, if, if he continues this form, I mean, I don't think anything would happen in January because Rebo will be away at the African Cup of Nations. So I think that would be a, a tricky time for any move to happen. But if he keeps this form up, it, it feels like it's just a matter of time before we get some form of interest in him. Yeah, he's, he's got everything, Rebo. You know, he's, he's, he's got, you know, he's got a touch of a guy. Um, you know, I mean, like you say, David said, you know, the, the way he just brought that ball down, just remarkable. I couldn't do that with my hand, far less with, with my foot. Um, you know, it is remarkable what, what he can do. Um, you know, he has this tremendous touch. He has great quick, quick feet. Plus, he's got this, you know, height and physique. You know, he, he has the lot. You know, he has the potential to play at a very, very high level. Um, he drifts in and out of games. You know, uh, you know, I think he is one of these players who um, who drifts in and out. And if he could just, you know, if he could get to the point where you get, you know, an hour of a rebo every single match where, you know, he is contributing something, um, then, you know, absolutely, I, I suspect he'll be one that will go. I'm not sure if he's... I don't know if he's if he's quite ready for... But, but, and frankly, as a jump up, I think, to the English Premier League. Um, I don't know if he is quite ready for that yet. Um, but but you never know. Um, you, you, you never know. I, I suspect if he leaves, he'll leave for a London club. He's, he's a, a, yeah, a London boy, and I suspect if he leaves, he'll want to go for a, a, a team around that area. I, I could almost see a kind of Watford or a Crystal Palace or that type of team yeah. would be coming in from rather than Aston Villa. Um, I mean, what do I know about these things? But um, I suspect Gerard uh, and, and the coaching team um, if they could choose, I think they'll possibly go for Parson um, and and Kent. I know it, I'm, answering, I'm answering a different question again. <laughs> I think those are the two most likely guys to go for. Um, Aribo, I suspect Aribo will leave. Um, you know, I don't think Aribo's here for the rest of his career. I think Aribo will leave at some point. I, my suspicions are he'll, 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 you know, that's the type of club he'll go for a Brentford. You know, a, a team maybe a, a, a full a team trying to get promoted into the um, Premier League or, or a team maybe in the kind of bottom half of the Premier League. I think those are the, the most likely destinations for him. Um, but if he can keep this form up, you know, who knows? Sky's the limit. Um, and as, I mean, assuming the African Cup of Nations does go ahead and um, assuming he does go and get picked, uh, if he has a good tournament, um, you know, uh, who knows? Who knows who could come in from? Because he, he has, as I said, he's got potentially, he's got absolutely everything. Um, you know, on his day, he's a wonderful football player to watch. Uh, David, 2-0 uh, up, and, and, you know, as we said earlier on, we thought we're going to steamroll them here, but, and, and I th- again, I think this is maybe a wee sign of, of Geo, and, and, and it sort of falls into what was said with that. You know, we had the, the Feyenoord blogger on saying, you know, he likes to control games, he likes a nil. Uh, so when we go 2-0 up, it, it, it very much was Rangers sitting back and then trying to hit the counter. And I find that interesting. One, that we can trust the defence now. And I don't think it's just the defence. I think as a team, we're defending better. I think we're defending from the front better. We're a harder unit to play through. So that's making the job on the back four slightly easier. So that that gives me you know, a bit of belief and confidence in going forward. But I also felt when we did get turnovers of possession, especially in that first half, we had real chances to go on and create stuff and quite sloppy in possession. You know, a couple of really good opportunities broke down and you, you were just thinking, if we're just that wee bit better, we could we could have been out of sight at halftime. You know, we could have created the chances to, to, to score more goals. So positives there, but also stuff to work on. Definitely. I mean, it's Rome wasn't built in a day, Colin. Uh, the guy's only been on for a few weeks. Uh, so... I think he's, he's he's managed to communicate his basic principles to the players. Um, most players have raised their level. Uh, although you know, there's some players that, that just have have a level. Like like Tavernier, he's, he's just got a level that he doesn't seem to drop from all uh, that much. Um, certainly in a physical capacity. So I, I agree with you. I think there was there was elements of Rangers play today that um, we showed signs of what we could achieve later in the season going forward. Um, like you, I was a little bit, if, if I could be critical for a moment, 
and I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm conscious of the fact that I don't want to sound hypercritical. So we've came away from a tough venue, with three points and a, and a zero, as uh, as Gio likes to call it. Um, I, I, I just, I thought we we gave up too many chances to Hearts today. Um, saying that again, it's shut off line. I just thought it was there was just a wee bit too much possession going their way, and um, I thought Barisic again was a wee bit kind of lax uh, and, and stopping crosses coming out of the box. Yep, yep, yeah. Um, now we could see that's maybe the guy's Achilles. Like, Bonner's coming back to some like the form he's, he's shown in previous seasons, and we're not expecting. I am cutting miracles to use John's um, reference to the, the famous uh, defence of the, the 40s and 50s with George Young, Skipper Rangers. Um, but by the same token, you want them to reach a better level because we're capable of it. We've shown it. Um, going forward, I agree with you again. It was just that moment of... You know, Sloppiness is maybe a wee bit too strong, but but, but just not quite the, the levels of of um, you know telepathy, if you like, and, and releasing the ball at the, at the exact moment in time. You know, maybe just a fraction too too late. And you, you guys know yourself; you've played far with any any decent level. You know that f- fractions can just totally, you know, they can a move can break down quite easily if if, if somebody just holds on to the ball for a split second. They're maybe not thinking. You know, as quickly or sharply as they could be upstairs, and that's all it takes. And if, if players are, if too many players are off it mentally, that's shown in the park. I mean, so you, I mentioned it the game at Easter Road. That was that was quite evident in the game at Easter Road. There was a lot of guys just not on on it mentally that day, and a lot of the passing was was sloppy. Thankfully, we've, we seem to have eradicated that out of our game going forward, and I'm grateful for that. But as an attacking force, and Rangers being the the potent team that we know that they can be, then I totally, totally concur with your, your observations that, that maybe just, you know, that, that you know, a wee bit more care and attention given to some of the passing and, and decision-making in the final third, then I think we can we can see Rangers going again to another level. And that, that's, over, you know, taking the whole kind of overall holistic approach, the fact that we've still got another gear to go into and we look as though we're, you know, we're threatening as if we, you know, we're not that far away for, for slipping into it. Whereas early in the season, we're all going like that. Aye, look, we've got gears to go into. But then the longer it went on, we know, I can remember we stood at Newlands Field and we're talking about that. We're yeah. saying, aye, but, you know, I think the last time we were at Newlands Field, it was October time. October you time, can't, yeah. You can't, you can't blame that in early season rustiness. You know, it's, you're, you're two, three months into the season yeah. and, you know, you should be up to speed by now. The, 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 the the good thing for me today is that we've shown signs that we're maybe not, we're not that far away. And that's that's going to be encouraging for the manager and the supporter. On, on Borner, uh, David, you've, you've highlighted something that you know, I'm speaking to my mate today on the text and, and that's something that we were speaking about. And I, I mean, I think early on there was a, there was a pass put through and one of those early chances that Hearts had. I think it got paid, played between Bassey and, and Borner. Borner had to turn. I think it was Devlin that was coming on to it. And, and I thought Borner was a couple of yards in front of him and looked favourite to get it. And he, I thought he looked slow. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's one of the things. You know, I'd, you know at, the, at the early part of the season when Stephen Gerrard was still here, you know, and we were relying on the full-backs to get the crosses in, I thought he looked slow. He couldn't get past his man to get his deliveries in in, in in the same way. And I think the same is at the other end of the park. You know, when when people are running at him, they're getting past him and getting crosses, and he's not, he's not, he's a yard or two off players. And I, I felt most of the, the dangers came down that sort of his side today, you know, and he wasn't cutting out the crosses. And, you know, I think, I think the chance that I'm going to come on and discuss it with, with, with John just now, but some of the chances that they had and the penalty shout all came for that left hand side, it all came for, for his side. And I do have concerns, and I do, I do wonder that if, if when Hollander and Balogun are fit again, that Bassi will get 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 put back out on that left hand side, and Bonner might lose his spot. Aye, I th- it's, look, I, th- I still think Calvin Bassi's raw. Um, there's there's signs that he's got the basic tools that we can we can work on. Um, 
I think he's performed well given his age uh, to be pitched in um, in the, the centre half position. A couple of slack passes aside that haven't been punished, which against other teams and maybe a different day might have been punished and we might all be thinking, well, Calvin can he really cut to the centre half. But to get back to Borna, uh, I agree wholeheartedly with you. Um, I think it's. <laughs> You could possibly say that that's always been his Achilles heel. However, in previous seasons, he had that recovery pace. You know, maybe if somebody went by him, he would get back. You know, very. I mean, you cast your mind back to, to the start of last season or the, the early part of last season. There was times when you watched uh, Bonner Barris at GC, there's not many people go by him. And then, then there were, you know, there was, there was a period just, I'm trying to think, um, a game that... that that sprang to mind. I, I seem to recall they were playing St Mern, um in the Motherwell game um, that, that Cedric Atten scored and, and it seemed to just come off it slightly where players were, were getting joy at him and he's, mm. he's not so much getting targeted but a lot of, of our opponents attacking play was going down that side. But in his defence maybe maybe just you know three seasons I up bombing up and down the park you know for the first minute to the 90th minute is taking its toll on him. Maybe he could be carrying injury. A lot of people have been saying, "Aye, he's, he's maybe not been carrying injury." Coupled with the fact that he's not a full pre-season, now, you might say, oh, "That's you know, you're making excuses for him." But I tend to agree with you, generally speaking, that he just looks a yard off. And I think that against better players and faster players, um, he could be exposed. But I think he's he's looked more comfortable since since Bassey's been on the team. I don't know if that's just a happy accident or a happy coincidence but uh, I think he looks more comfortable when he's not trying to cover our second guess with Liam Balligan's now um, but aye, look let's you know concentrate on the positives we've got another clean sheet today um, we've got a couple of tougher wee fixtures coming up on the, the near horizon and uh, let's just hope that we can keep this going and uh, look, onwards and upwards I, I think that's the best way to put it Absolutely David uh, John, on the Hearts' chances today, and they, they, they did have them. Uh, you know, Gary McKay Stephen had that chance in the second half, although I think that was sort of speculative at best. You know, I'd have been very surprised if McGregor had let that one. You know, Boyce had his chance. You know, Kingsley's uh, hit the bar. Bassey hit the bar. Uh, <laughs> almost two two games in a row, he's he's got an own goal. But again, it came for that. You know, the cross came for that side where where Borna's. Uh, so again. <sighs> You know, with, with the benefit of hindsight and looking back at the game, I, despite the fact that Hearts had more possession and more shots and all the rest, of it, I do think Rangers were largely in control of that game today and deserved to win. But and I, and going back to what I said earlier on, as a defend, as the team as a whole, we seem to be defending better. You know, not not just the back four. I think the the, the shape that we take out of possession makes it harder for teams to get through us. But still, maybe three or four moments today, you think. As David just said, there against stronger opposition could cause a problem. Okay, you're not going to get much stronger opposition than Hearts this season. That's about as strong as it's going to get. They're sitting third in the league, clear third. Um, you know that's about as strong as it's going to get. Hearts away. You know the only other fixture that's going to be harder than that is Celtic away. Um, so, so I, I don't know. I think we're, I think we're doing Hearts a bit of a disservice. I think Hearts are a decent team. I think you have to expect they're going to create chances. I don't think you can expect to go to Tynecastle with Hearts in the form they're in and they're not going to create chances. Um, you know, the, the the free kick, you know, the free kick's 30 yards out. You know, it's a wonder hit. You know, fair play to the guy for being able to do it, but I don't know how you, how do you defend against that. You know, it's 30 yards out. I don't, you know, it's not like we gave away a free kick in the 18-yard box or something. You know, it was, you know, the guy, I, I wasn't particularly aware of that player until... Um, a few weeks ago when he scored a, a similar free kick from a similar distance. Uh, so, you know, I think we're, I don't think you can necessarily blame the defense or even the team for that. You know, if they've got a boy in their team who can hit free kicks from 30 yards, you know, it didn't go in. You know, had it been a few inches, um, a few inches lower, might it have gone in? I, no, I think McGregor was getting there. So, so I, I'm not like, as concerned about that. Um, the boys' chance at the very start, we touched upon, you know, it was a speculative one over the top. I thought that, um, you know, the centre halves were caught napping, um, keeper bailed them out. Um, you know, we, we've talked about players who've come back into form. One player we didn't talk about was McGregor, you know, who, you know, four or five weeks ago, you know, folk were saying, I maybe 
maybe it's a season too far for McGregor. You know, maybe McGregor's, you know, maybe he should have retired in the summer or, you know, and, and suddenly he's just suddenly found form again and, you know, um, you know, he earned his cash today uh, and uh, he did what was asked of him. But as I said, I think Tyne Castle away, Colin, I think you, you've got to expect that Hearts will create chances uh, away from home. Um, I do agree with you that they, they did look more dangerous um, coming down our left. Um, none of us really fully yet know what kind of team Van Bronckhurst wants, but he's changed how our fullbacks play. You know, as I, we touched upon earlier, our fullbacks were under Gerard. Our fullbacks were often our most attacking players. Yeah. You know, that was the style that Gerard wanted, and Barisic and Tav fit into that. that. I don't think that's how Van Bronckhorst wants to play. I think you know, whilst he still expects his fullbacks to get forward, he still expects his fullbacks to be, um, you know, part of 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 uh, the attack. I don't think he expects them to be the fulcrum of the attack, which is something that Gerard did. Yeah. Um, in which case, then you have to question whether both Tav and Barisic, but particularly Barisic, are actually then going to be suited to that. And, and it may be that, you know, Barisic is there just now because he pretty much is our only left back. And he's certainly our only left back just now whilst Bassi's playing at centre half. So um, it may be that he's in the team because we don't have anyone else to play there. Um, but he's not actually Van Bronckhorst's type of left back. And bear in mind, you know, Van Bronckhorst was a left back. Um, you know, he wasn't a left back when he played for us, but he was when he went to Arsenal and, and then on to Barcelona. Um, so, you know, I guess he knows what he's talking about. And I would always think of Van Bronckhorst as quite an attacking. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, when I heard he was playing fullback for, for Arsenal, I was like, bloody hell, he was like our best midfielder. How does he end up playing fullback for you guys? But then when you realise how they wanted to play and, and, and about the, the style of football they wanted to play, it made a bit more sense. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know what the, the, the thing, what the plan is there, but in terms of, of um, how the team is defending, I, I don't know. I don't think, I, I don't feel we can criticise them too much today. I think you have to expect Hearts to create chances um, at home at this stage of the season and the form they're in. Um, the point is none of them went in. Um, you know, uh, you know, you know, Bassey remains the biggest threat to McGregor uh, in the Scottish League. Um, and except when he's going on the road and 80 yard runs in the sort of the 90th minute, like the 85th minute or something as well. <laughs> I was like, at first, I was like, Where's he gone? And then I was like, Oh, actually, just, just keep going, you know, keep going, son. And oh, if I had went in, it would have been superb, absolutely superb. Yeah. Um, but before, before I move on, uh, John, the, the Hearts penalty claim in the second half. Uh, I mean, every, again, this this sort of shows the issue with VAR, I think, you know, folk are saying that although VAR would call that back and make it a penalty, but there's so many different opinions. I mean, I've seen loads of people say uh, that, you know, it was a penalty. I personally, I'm not convinced it is. I think his hands are down by his side. I think uh, Gary McKay-Stevens quite close to him. I don't know where else he can put his hand. And I suppose Michael Stewart and Sports Scene saying that it's not a penalty shows you that it's 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 not as clear cut as as I think most people would say, and and to me it would depend who's who's on. But I don't think I don't think you're getting a, a. It's not like VAR is this thing. VAR is another person sitting behind the screen saying yes or no. You know what I mean? Uh, but my view on it, not a penalty. Yours? Well, uh, today I mean, I needed I needed a couple of replays before I even realised that his hand. He's had his hand, yeah. You know, so I mean, I don't. I, you know, I, I think the ref deserves some criticism, and I think you might get to that shortly, but. Um, I don't think he deserves criticised for that because, uh, you know, I don't think, other than Mackay Steve, I don't think anyone realised it hit his hand. Um, you know, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a, a, a clear-cut handball. I think VAR would give it. You know, having seen some of what they've given in, in European matches and what they've, they've given in England, I think it's the kind of daft thing that VAR would pull back. Um, and, but and, that, would, and that's another thing. Would Van not pull it back and say because I think there's a chance the ball was actually out? In well, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, that's a fair point as well. I thought the ball was out as well. Um, but in terms of in terms of the decision, I think the ref made the right decision in not giving the penalty. Um, you know, yeah, you're right. You know, perhaps Far would have said I did handle it, but you know what, doesn't matter because the ball was out of play. Um, you know, I, I don't know, but you know, I don't blame the ref for not giving it. <laughs> You know, if it was two each, and 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 uh, you know, at that point, and the ball had hit his hand like that, would would we be hearing more of it? Yeah, I think we would. You know, I think it's the kind of thing that these days would be making a lot more um, 
noise in the, in the media. And the fact that you've told me Michael Stewart said it's not a penalty worries the life of me because I've never agreed with anything Michael Stewart has said. So, um, you know, that's concerning now that we're, we're heading down that particular road. Well, uh, well if, if, if you're wanting reassurance, Andy Walker said it was a stone wall. So, oh. uh, there we go. <laughs> so, so you can disagree with him. I'll tell you one other thing that we learned today, Colin, if we didn't already know, Alan McCoyst is a great pundit. But oh, I, I, clearly not, clearly not the guy who should be making any managerial decisions. And there was two or three times I was thinking, "What are you talking about, just Christ? <laughs> What's what? You know?" And you're like, "No, no, I think you've got that wrong." Um, you know, I, I love his enthusiasm and uh, you know, and his, his affection for Rangers. He's never had it, and you know, he's great that way. But yeah. I think um, I think there's a reason Van Bronckhorst are manager and, and, and not Super Ali. <laughs> Some, somebody, somebody made a good point because they were talking about uh, like Barry Mackay obviously scored the first goal for Rangers in the lower leagues. Uh, where were we that day? Peter Head. Uh, Peter Head. And uh, so McCoyce was the manager, obviously. So he was talking about, yeah, we got a draw that day in the last minute, blah, blah, blah. And then two minutes later, he was questioning Van Bronckhorst's tactics. And somebody's pointing out it was good of Ali to highlight how shite his own Rangers team was whilst questioning you know, Van Bronckhorst's I mean, I know, tactics. I know that's what he's paid to do. Yeah, I, mean, I, know, I know that. I know, you know, it's know, the gig. Know. We're standing here questioning ah, tactics. That's what we're doing, yeah. We could, we could organise a team who went in. But, you know, and that's part of what's beautiful about football is that people with literally no experience of anything can, you know, make criticisms of, of, um, of decisions made by guys far more qualified to do it but yeah I did think there was times when, I, when Ali was, was was making criticisms like that one you, you talked about where I did think Ali um, I, I, don't, I would just be keeping my mouth shut if I was you <laughs> <laughs> like, I'd be sticking to the one liners just now mate uh, yeah. uh, David we have to talk about the referee have to talk about him because uh, I mean obviously he's going to get some stick I'm, I'm assuming the headlines tomorrow will focus on the penalty but, I mean, some of his decisions in terms of the bookings uh, were... were re- I mean, I, I think uh, Robbie Nielsen was saying, you know, 13 bookings in the game. It, it didn't feel like that type of game. It was it was quite a good game. You know, I, I think he was right with uh, the Hearts boy that was sent off Canelli. I think he was right there. I, I thought that was one of the most stupid... Two yellows, two stupid yellows and that I've ever witnessed, especially the second one. You know, I mean, I think initially it's Borner that, that sort of... He's the one that reacts badly. But as soon as he's on his feet, it looks like him and Devlin have sorted it out. They've kind of accepted that, oh, this is a this is about handbags. And then he just comes running in wanting to make a big thing here. And I think he's he's quite right in getting the second yellow. But some of the other yellows were were, were really bizarre and it became really car tappy at one point. The the, the yellow I enjoyed the most was uh who's a hearts player with the, the ponytail, is it is it Hanley? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was he was applauding Devlin getting booked, and, and so he got booked for sarcastically applauding the booking. You know, what I mean, and, you're, and that's to me that's the point. I felt, you know, Nick Walsh has lost the pot here a wee bit. He's just throwing cards about by and I. I even, I think that if I could uh, try and sum up my criticism of him was. was I mean, how you book James Tavernier? I mean, what he's seen there? Yeah. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he, obviously, Tavernier gets fouled, and then he falls on top. I think it is the boy, Devil. And I mean, somebody, I seen online that somebody referred to him as the Australian Ian Black. I think that's quite hard. <laughs> um, but it's a lovely it's, concept, it's, that, isn't it? <laughs> it was aye, aye. Um, just, just when you thought Ian Black couldn't get, you know, more unlikable. You know, you make him Australian. You know? Aye, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Um, but uh, look, uh, I think Nick Walsh is one of the better referees that we've got. Um, I like we, we spoke about refs often enough for the years we've been doing this, and there's a reason why there isn't a Scottish referee at major tournaments. And the standard of refereeing is is uh, average at best, and that's me being charitable. Um, I think Nick Walsh has the potential to maybe be. If not our best referee, could could certainly could could maybe get back to representing um, Scottish football, you know, at, at bigger games in the European arena. If you like, um, could be wrong there, but uh, his, his performance today, I th- he didn't lose control of the game. Um, the, the, the penalty uh, could have fallen for no seeing that. I, I didn't think it was a penalty. Um, I'm with you. I thought his hand was in an unnatural position. Um, but 
I've seen them given. Um, I'm going to slightly disagree with Robbie Nielsen. I thought it was a t- quite a, it developed into quite a tousy affair in periods. You know, where there was there was there was kind of needless free kicks, a lot of uh, typical you know breaking up play. And some of the, the, the tackles were just, you know, whilst the, none of them were, were, were particularly bad or dirty, just some of them were, it was persistent fouling and, and quite cynical um, passes of play management, for want of a better phrase. Um, and I, it, it did threaten to let the, the kind of cards run away with um, The boy Ginelli was, I don't know what he was thinking. I, I mean, but... Bonabaris reacts. I, I, I wish he, how he actually reacted to that. I wish he would play like that and actually, you know, go in and impose himself. As, you know, Bonner's a big lad. You know, he's, he's about six two, fourteen stone. I mean, he should be he should be thundering into people. So, but you know, to, to um, digress slightly there, um, I thought the refereeing was was maybe average at best I think, I think put it this way Nick Walsh will have far better games in his, his refereeing career so far and he'll have far better games than he did today going forward John just to sort of wrap up on, on today's game you know that's that's six games in since Geo's took over you know five wins one draw scored 12 conceded two uh, one of those was an own goal uh, you know you, you you know, as, as much sort of frustration and anger that was that was sort of swirling about when when, when Stephen Gerrard, uh, Stephen Gerrard, sorry, upped and left, and you would maybe have to say now that the start is such that it points that it was maybe actually something that was needed because it feels like you know Geo's come in and if, if the start is a, a sort of sign of how things are going to progress, then he's it looks like he's taken us you know on, on another level. You have to give him, you have to give him and his his team, you know, his backroom team, and I think also the, the, the people at the club, enormous credit for what has been a fairly seamless change. Um, again, this is something we spoke about only a couple of weeks ago. You know, I, I don't think we should underplay how huge a change that was. Um, you know, Gerard and his entire backroom staff leaving. You know, that, that's a massive change. Um, and an unusual change for our club and that managers usually only leave our club when things are going badly you know when you're looking for somebody to come in to fix a problem and that wasn't what happened you know it wasn't a problem to be fixed um, and what Van Bronckhorst had to do is come in and take over someone else's team you know players who have got used to playing in a certain way who must have got close to the the, 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 the coaching teams um, come in and very quickly get to know those players, get to understand their strengths and their weaknesses, um, and more importantly, get them winning. Um, and, and, you know, the stats speak for themselves. And, you know, when you dig a little deeper, Colin, you know, it's two European games, a uh, trip to Tencastle and a trip to Easter Road in those six games. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's good in anyone's, you know, under any circumstances, you have to say that's, you know, that's pretty good. Um, so, it's very impressive. You know, I, 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 I'm far exceeded what I expected would happen. I, you know, I thought we'd have a blip. You know, I thought no, there'll, there'll be a two or three, two or three weeks where you know it's just not quite working out as he figures out who's who and and you know the players try and adjust. But you know, it, it's been utterly seamless. In fact, it's been better than seamless because we're actually playing better now than we were. You know, before this happened, and 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 you know the kind of month or so before this, before uh, Gerard left, so so that's fantastic. It's too early to say whether Van Bronckhorst is a success. It's six games. You know, it's yeah. too early to say. You know, we will have setbacks. You know, we're playing St Johnston on Wednesday. They're bottom of the league. They're having a terrible season. You know, they sold their two best players in the summer. They didn't replace them. Um, there must be pressure on their manager. There'll be you know their, their players will be feeling pressure. You know, we should go into that and take five off them. But that's just the kind of game where they'll come and start everywhere behind the ball, frustrators, kickers. You know, that's the kind of game where, where you, you know, you suddenly see what, what Van Bronckhorst is, is made of. That kind of game, you're not expecting it. Um, you're not expecting any bother. You know, the kind of game we're expected to win. Um, so so we'll see. And, and as David alluded to, a couple of, a couple of harder away games coming up as well. Um, in, in the next few, I was going to say this, this month, but I think one of them is actually January, isn't it? Um, so we have a couple of harder away games coming up as well. It's always a difficult time. You know, there's lots of games 
Um, weather's rotten, pitches are bad, you know, bookings have been accumulated. Um, you know, you'll start to see guys getting suspended now for just, you know, you know, three or four or five bookings in a season. Um, so we'll, we'll see all of that. So we'll see what, what Van Bronckhorst has got. But I, I've been hugely impressed by how he has come in and just taken control of, you know, a big club um, and, and you know, in a country that he's probably not been in for 20 years, but certainly hasn't, I don't imagine he was following our, our, our league all that closely, um, you know, has come in and, and, and has done it seamlessly. Um, and, you know, I think that's enormous credit to the players. It's a credit to the board and, and you know, the you know the people involved in the running of the football side of our club. But, but especially, I think, to him and, and his backroom staff. Um, you know, the, the biggest compliment you can play him is the fact that we're not missing Gerard, and and history will judge Gerard's time at Rangers very, very well. You know, Gerard brought brought more than just you know a, a a sense of a football team again. He brought more than just a style of play. He brought a gravitas with him. Um, you know, he he put Rangers on on a map that it was in danger of dropping off mm-hmm. after two or three missteps. And he very quickly put us back on that map and, and made us a serious football team again. And Van Bronckhorst has come on and just moved that forward. Um, and I've, you know, I'm delighted about it. I'm absolutely delighted. David, uh, saying how are you feeling about Gio, you know, that, 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 I mean, obviously it's early days, six games and all, but it does feel like he's, you know, he's he's put us in the right direction. Definitely. Definitely, Connor. I, I, I agree with we, uh, most of it, John's saying it. He's, I mean, to come in, he may be forgiven for for expecting a blip. Um, it's not an easy situation to come into. Uh, but I think we we're maybe selling the guy short. I mean, he's, he's obviously he's managed at a decent level. I mean, if you win the Eredivisie, I mean, you're no mug. So um, he's assembled a good background staff. John mentioned uh, Roy Mackay maybe uh, lighting a fire under the Colombians' uh, posterior um, to their benefit. Uh, and I I think that I like the more the, the compactness of it. I like the, the more, uh, you know, it's kind of horses for courses. I mean, there was an element of, you know, Gerard playing a, a Liverpool style, if that's the, the right phrase. And I mean, a Liverpool style insofar as it's, you know, a German coach, yeah, it's kind of got his imprint, you know, high wingers. I think I've mentioned this before, maybe in the previous pod, but, you know, latterly, this German model has been on vogue, whereas, you know, the previous maybe decade, the Portuguese model seemed to be the, the on vogue tactic, if you like. I like the fact that, you know, backs are backs. Yes, they'll overlap, but the, the main uh, duty that they've got is to defend and keep the ball out of our net as opposed to creating chances for our strikers. And John's right when he mentioned there about, um, about Alfie staying within the, the width of the, the post or at least the very at least the, the width of the 18-yard box. And that's, that's how Chris Boyd played. I mean, when, when Boyd had turned up, the first thing you noticed, because obviously we were we'd only, we'd only see him when, when we went to Rugby Park or if Kilmarnock came to Ibrox, the first thing that stuck out of sore thumb is that, you know, he's like what we perceived rightly a lack of mability when you know, he stayed within the confines of the 18-yard box, but you, you've got to be in there to score. So I like his, the fact that it's, you know, um, round pegs for round holes, if that makes sense. So uh, I think the line, I think the, I think the signs are encouraging. I, I'm looking forward to seeing him put his imprint on it um, by way of the type of player that he signs. That'll mm. give us an insight into how Gio really wants to play. It's all very well and good, you know, um, keeping the ball rolling with, you know, someone else's players. And that obviously feeds into the, the, the bounce because for the, the players' perspective, they know that they're not the manager's guy. You know, whereas previously, you know, you were rightly speaking about, about a, a, somebody who's been too comfortable with Morelis, knowing that he can, you know, that, that Gerard has stuck his neck out from publicly to defend them. And whilst a lot of the time, a lot of, a significant number of the Rangers support was, was going on questioning, you know, he shouldn't be doing stuff like that. And But Gerard backed him. So these players know that they need to impress. And I like to, you know, bring in his own players. I think the signs are good, Colin. I think we've got an experienced guy, as John rightly, rightly mentions. 
he's no mug. He doesn't seem to be tactically outthought. Um, he also makes changes. He makes tactical changes and substitutions where you know you're, you're, you're maybe sitting watching a game saying, "Let me need a change here," and then what happens? You know, twenty seconds later, you know, somebody's getting stripped in the in the dugout, and then a substitution's made. That 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 type of stuff's encouraging. Yeah. Um, so, but as John again rightly says, you know, nothing's won yet. We're only six games in. We've got a few tough games to negotiate coming up over the next few weeks. And if we come out, you know. On the credit side, and we maintain our leaders, I've said in previous pods, over our chums, then, you know, we've got something to build on, and we've got something to, you know, no clinky, but, you know, we've something to, to show that like, we've, we've done it in the past, we can go again. And if, if the board can make some funds available, maybe we move a couple of players out to, in order to allow a bit of shopping in the transfer market, assuming there's, there's availability there, then I think the signs are good. Positive. Really. I'm, I'm oh, sorry, dude. Sorry, just quickly on that. I noticed today, and the same thing happened on, on uh, Thursday night. We finished both games without a, a recognised centre forward on the park. Um, you know, he took off Roof through the week, um, and then t- t- today he took off um, Morelos, and, and I just assumed he was going to push Sakala in, and then he took Sakala off. I mean, we finished both games without a recognised centre forward. I mean, yeah. I, we still had attacking players on the pitch, but that's not something that I, I think would ever happen under Gerard. Uh, you know, I, I think under any circumstances, he would have kept you know somebody who would be seen as a centre forward on the pitch. Um, so, you know, just a, I, I thought it was quite interesting. I'm not entirely yeah. sure I'm in, I'm in agreement with it, but I, I thought it was quite interesting thing to do. And it falls in with uh, he likes an L. You know, that's, that's <laughs> it. You know, that's it. Get get all your strikers off and get all your defenders on quickly, guys. I'll just get your quick opinion because uh, uh, we're slightly over. Uh, Europa League uh, draw tomorrow. You know we could get either Atlanta, Barcelona, Dortmund, uh, Leipzig, Porto, uh, Sevilla, Sheriff, or Zenit. David, who would who would you want out of that? Sheriff, Tiraspol, or Porto? Don't want Porto. I've seen them. Right, John, who would you want? <laughs> yeah, no, I was going to say Porto. I think Porto because you think well, cool, we got a chance of beating them, chance of going through. I still, you know, bit of me thinks, you know, go on, give us Barcelona. Yeah. Um, why not? You know, if you're if you're going to play in Europe, then play against you know the big clubs in there, and well, by their own standards and slight disarray just now. So so maybe them, but yeah, I'd fancy Porto. Uh, the sheriff mob, obviously, I, I know very little about, other than the fact they beat Real Madrid in, in the Bernabeu earlier this season. So they're clearly no mugs, um, and they're um, according to when Saturday comes. <laughs> Run by the organised crime ring, but other than that, um, I don't know. Don't know. It seems ironic they're called sheriff, but um, oh. that's uh, that's all I know about them. But yeah, I'm just glad to be there. I'm just guess still grateful we've got European football after Christmas. Uh, I'll never take that for granted. I hope we don't get sheriff now because I, I can't deal with all the Sevco crime ring tweets that are whatever. <laughs> <laughs> sort of, if we get drawn with them, you know what I mean. I just. Can he deal with that? Don't uh, right, right. money laundering. Yeah. <laughs> right, guys, I think we'll call it time there. We've kind of ran over a wee bit. So a big thanks to David and John for their contributions tonight. Great stuff uh, from them, as always. Uh, remember, guys, we're live tonight, but the, the pod will be available to download and stream from a variety of platforms tomorrow, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, Castbox, Snapchat, Spotify. Uh, we'll try and get a preview show out uh, this week for the, the St. Johnson game. Obviously, we'll have one on Friday as well for Dungeon United next week. Uh, and in, in the meantime, get yourself onto the Jersnet website and forums at www.jersnet.co.uk. Until the next time, guys, bye for now.